Hey, hey, my loves. Hey, Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine. So, I wanted to share something with you. Just waiting to fall asleep, but um, it's been a couple days since this happened, and I was talking to my niece, and one of the things that really struck me from listening to Mina over the last uh, week or so was talking about how it's important that whoever our progenitors are going to be, um, that they, that we equip them with the ability to um, enjoy, I think, the feminine container or to enjoy the container of the abundance that we're passing on to them. Um, so, for example, you want to make sure that they're developing to be healthy, um, appreciate abundance, spirit of gratitude, um, just just a healthy mindset, right? And understanding that they can multiply it and all those beautiful things. And so even though I've been kind of just pouring into my niece the best that I know how, you know, um, that conversation just really took me to the other level because I'm understanding that I'm helping her with being able to really take on all these things that auntie's working on. And um, <laughs> this is a little bit vulnerable. It's not the biggest deal, but I just wanted to share it with you because I know that I'm not the only person with the mission. And so um, she she is a teenager. And so having those conversations about the boys and, you know, um, wanting the best for her in relationships. And I, every time, you know, I tell her, not every time, but every once in a while, I just remind her, if anything ever happens to me, I want you to remember how beautiful you are. You are sunshine. Everything we do around you know, from the moment you were born. So make sure that you had a better life than we did, right? And we ended up, I have to go back and look at the text messages. Um, but she got to the point where she said, but what about those mean boys on the internet? And the thought that came to my mind was like, you have no idea. Auntie is fighting that battle for you so that by the time you're of dating age, you know. I'm hoping the world will be a better place for her. And it's so sad. She's 15. She's a teenager. 15 and a half. And I was hoping that she wouldn't know about these mean boys on the internet. Um, I just try to keep a pulse of what, what comes in. And she's always sending me stuff for the most part. They're happy. They're right in line with her being in high school and liking quirky things and arty things and travel and cars and funny stuff, great sense of humor, loves music. 
so I told her it's okay those boys like I said something along the lines of don't worry about it girls don't like to be around those types of boys that's why they're angry and so she just did a laughing out loud and went about her merry day you know and you know what I'm gonna share this with you too because I I just uh, finished watching this movie and um, it's called Source Code this there is some really good movies out there about you know quantum leaping quantum physics quantum dimensions this movie is also really great for demonstrating what a muse is um as i'm probably compiling a list of watch party um movies that i want to do with y'all this is gonna be quickly moved up to the top uh right behind um I've mentioned it the one before with Piryanka, um, which is also Quantico, coincidentally. That one is really good. I think every Divine Feminine should watch it in terms of understanding the runner-chaser dynamic and, and the role of a muse. Um, but yeah, Quantico is one of my favorites in terms of the spiritual realm. And then, um, but here's here's the thing about Source Code. Um, and it is blowing my mind, but it explores that idea of, um, each dimension, each, uh, possibility is, is different and you make different decisions that will get you to different places. And, um, I think your life actually becomes a little bit more abundant if you understand how to quantum leap. Um, and you even learn to manifest and say things like each of my quantum dimensions are, you know, like beautiful and abundant and I'm prosperous and all of those quantum possibilities. And so, um, but one of the things that struck me about that, and I think what prompted me to kind of come on here and share this with you too, um, It's a really heart-touching um, movie. And I will say this. You you know, I've talked a lot about how one of the things that fascinates me, and, and I'm probably, let me just, let me just go for it, right? Let me just, because sometimes I hold back. But as the movie was ending, yes, I had tears, but it was like, I I can check and see who the author, who the author, who the uh, producer was for this. But when I tell you that is such a beautiful mind. Oh, my word. Let me see. Um, So, yeah, the director is Duncan Jones. This one, I've mentioned how I'm fascinated with how there are men out there that love to protect and provide for the woman and and type of thing but also for their communities and they're willing to sacrifice it exists it's out there 
And even as we're talking about dimensions, it's like, take me to that dimension where the the men are just... And I, I probably could come back in the next couple of days or so and give you a couple of other lists. But this movie... Um, without doing too much of a spoiler, because I recommend every Divine Feminine and Masculine actually watch this, because there's a Divine Feminine element and there's a Divine Masculine element of Protector Provider. He's a soldier, okay? So I won't go into too much. But that the, the ending is where he was like, I don't care. I'm going to save the girl. And, okay, I will do spoiler alert here. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Do you know, because what happened is he had to go back in every eight minutes to try to figure out, you know, why the place, there was a a, tra- a bomb on the train and he had to figure out how to prevent it. And um, he's figuring out, he goes back in every few, you know, eight minutes at a time. And so he figures out how to stop the first bomb, but then there's a second bomb. And so um, he finally goes back in he's able to find out who it is and get him arrested and everything and so he asks the command center he said can I just go back in and just save her I want to save her and everyone else on the train and do you know that because he, he, he put his watch on every time he'd go back into the eight minutes and so he programmed it to where everything was perfect. There was no first and second bomb. He saves the girl, right? He makes the most beautiful memories in between. <laughs> Catching the bad guy. And there's a comedian that's on there. And, um, you know, he goes in for the eight minute segments and stuff like that. And do you know that Basically, everybody on the train dies, but it's one of those things. The reason it's called source code is because at the end of the movie, the the woman ends up going back into the future. But do you know that he ended each of their lives like in the sense that uh, he paid the comedian to make everybody laugh on the plane? So their last moments here. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a um emotional. <laughs> um their last moment. So there was no bomb or anything. Um they were all smiling. Y'all, I'm okay, I promise you. I'm just a little bit like this that Mars and Leo, I promise. So, um, but I even love it as I'm thinking about it too, because he called that guy into his purpose, right? He's here to make people laugh. And and so it was like, not just the mission, but going above and beyond to make sure that even in their last moments, they were laughing, they were having a good time. Um, And then... It was really cool, too, because the lady that ended up um, being kind of overseeing his project, it was cool, too, because one of the dynamics I've noticed with this archetype of a divine masculine that um, he he uh, he has a certain empathy 
right, for other people. And he inspires them to become the best versions of themselves. I think the podcast that I've kind of been a little bit hard on myself about leaving up is the one where I say that, you know, absolutely a divine masculine trait is the ability to cultivate the talents in others. But he has to cultivate himself first and learn how to harness all of his intellect, his strength, his power, right? His heart space. And once he has figured that out, it's on another level to teach other people and how to inspire and invoke that in them. That is the one of the highest um, like altruistic, transcendental type of uh, uh, elements of the divine masculine, right? That's part of their mission. And so here he is, he's able to even invoke in her, you know, this, um, if you watch it, it's like she becomes inspired about the possibilities for her life and her confidence. And it was really nice, too, because um, it's kind of against the backdrop of, you know, the greed of negative or toxic, actually toxic um, patriarchy or You know, so it's that rat race and, you know, really squeezing literally people, you know, to get the max, you know, for for gain and for name, for fame and for all of these things. And sometimes it can feel really cold. But, you know, when we talk about women in power, you know, um, it was nice because you see her maternal instincts for those of you who are going to watch it, it kicks in beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment. And, and in tandem with him saving the world and orchestrating a beautiful, you know, moment, even in their last moments. Right. And and he could have been selfish, like it comes up, right? Because at some point he's like, F it, I'm just whatever, you know. And I also like it too. It's kind of interesting because when you talk about the, um, I could see where sometimes a lot of us divine feminines and divine masculines will feel like our ancestors or divine source is just like the, the wires are getting crossed and we're like, listen, I know I'm here for a mission. I know I'm supposed to do something. I know I'm a soldier. I know I'm equipped for all of this. I know that I have what it takes, but what you're telling me is not computing. Literally, literally, if you watch it, right? And so it, I think it also plays with the idea of us coming back time and time again. I've joked about this myself, too. It's kind of like I get to the pearly gates and I reach for my assignment and we have a little bit of a chat and we go, OK, what do you want to do? And it's like, well, I want to practice self-love. I want to, you know, master health and wealth. And, you know, I want to have a little, you know, like a little dash of heartbreak, but still be able to survive and not get toe tagged. I want to be able to, you know, have not children per se, but to have that essence and to see what it is to cultivate without having to ruin my body with pregnancy, (laughs) hence my knees, you know what I'm saying, and be able to make a positive impact in her life and break some generational curses, although I really have to give it to my parents, they did that. I want to be in a family that really values education and spirituality, even though I might have to figure things out on my own 
type of a thing. And and so we we kind of believe that we come back time after time after time to get things right. And so that's why even sometimes people will say the earth is ghetto, like I'm not coming back. I'm I don't want to come here, send me somewhere else. And it's kind of funny, but it's you know, kind of ties into that. But he said, you know what, these people need me, I can make a difference. And even in his afterlife, um he's still speaking life into that whole situation. The end, I just, I just really, um, this, this was a really good movie, but I say all that to say, you know, um, and they got Jake Gyllenhaal in there, uh, Vera Farmiga, Michelle Monaghan. Oh, okay. Okay. Those are the two women. I thought it was at some point. I thought it was the same woman. Okay. 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 But they look very similar. Anyways, um, and so it just, I think it really touched me because it brought me back to that conversation I had, you know, a couple of days with my niece and it's like, listen, I, auntie is working behind the scenes to just make sure that, you know, you and other little girls like you and other young women like you have a fighting chance and I've kind of mentioned this before in my previous podcast, like way back when I first started. And I was like, if I could, you know, yeah, I document my thoughts. I know I'm not always going to be right type of a thing. And sometimes my personality, you know, and who I am will kind of come through a little bit and get a little, you know, salty about stuff. But for the most part... I um it's been a while since I've looked at my stats but I know I have a wide range of listeners and so it, I'm rooting for just all of us but at the same time I the younger women like I just need y'all to have a fighting chance like you know and um it it's it was like the best of times it was the worst of times but yet still the ultimate best of times because you have so much information and what you seek is seeking you. And um, I can't imagine how much further I would be if I had this information or this type of input from an early age. But then again, you know, I'm always so um, sensitive to what goes on in the minds of young people because at what point do you concede and say you know what these old people these old fogies they're onto something or do you just try to figure things out on your own you know hit up a couple of walls and it can sound so straight and so narrow and so we have these conversations about you know who to date and how to date and coffee dates or no dates or courtship and marriage and should you have fun and should dates only be fun or should you you know uh, one of the interesting conversations I, I was, when I tell you, I <laughs> cannot, I'm really, really disappointed, I think, with the black community um, in terms of even the advice we give to young women. So one of the comments I'd heard, there was a young black lady and she's like, oh, we're supposed to go on lots of dates. Dates are supposed to be for fun. And I'm like, no, you were supposed to be courting. You're supposed to, and I, I wish I had known this. I think that my parents figured that I would 
you know, figure it out the way that they did. I, at this point, I can't even be mad because in some ways they wanted me to live my own life, right? And to be free and to not be confined. Their parents didn't confine them. They had, you know, in both instances, my parents were among the first to go to college type of a thing and, 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 or even get married. So, um, they, they figured it out and they, it's these two people that had the same common goals. Their first kiss was on their wedding night. I'm trying to remember how long it was between the time that they met and they got married, but I think it was like definitely less than a year. Um, I'll have to ask my dad tomorrow, but, um, you know, I don't know how somehow I've said it before. I think like when we say dating, you might just, well, just reflect that we replace it with sex. Who are you having sex with? And it's even little words that we use, like, who are you messing around with? Or we just used to mess around. And it's like, break that down, messing up your pH balance, your emotional, your spiritual transmitted diseases, like all these little code words and the the verbiage and things that we used to say, you know, or uh huh, um, I'll, I won't use that. Uh, what's what's the the la- that latrine word or anything? But um, but if you think about how we relate, even when we're intimate with each other, those words that we use, they're pretty harsh, and they're not. You know, there's not longevity or loving, and so. If anything, I would say we need to get back to courting and you really can in three dates if you have the right coaching and questions and and that's what you really want. Figure out, hey, are we both on the right path? And then you're going to be dating for the rest of your life. Like my parents, they are not quote unquote dating, but they still have so much fun together. They have so much adventures together and they did it when we were kids. I could tell you so many stories of when my mom would just be like, hey, let's go here. Hey, let's go there. And my dad would just figure out the finances and how to book the, for years, we'd go to San Diego, Disneyland, um, Canada, all the, Hawaii, all these different things and places we did. Cruise, uh, had one, I've had a good time on the cruise and stuff. But I don't know. I think that we have messed up views in the black community about what courting is, dating. And so then you have young people that say, you know, well, we're supposed to have fun. I completely agree. Right. I, I, I'm not going to. But at the same time, if you want marriage, if I had to do it all over again, I would be a little bit more firmer about me intentionally wanting that, too. But I would absolutely just not even try to fit a square peg into a round hole, um, you know, um, and have some intentionality about it. And I had so many opportunities, but it's one of those things, like if you are just blocking out, we we did the math on this already, right? But if we're um, blocking out 40% of the population for 1%, even if you add that 1%, you know, it's only 41%. So it's like, I would just rather just stay with the 40%. Some people want 41%, you know, type of thing. But it's like, here I was waiting for this 1%. And I think it really cost me. 
But at the same time, I like no regrets because it's even on Tuesday today. Like, why did I see this woman that was pregnant with like freaking? I don't know if. Listen, all I knew was her stomach was sticking straight out of her body. She couldn't walk. She, I think it was like it had to have been. I don't think it was triplets. I think it might have been like quadruplets or like five of them. I don't know. And I was like, oh, my God. I remember um, TLC used to have a um, a series called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. And I remember I'd come home from, um, I used to take, um, this was when I was in college. And I'd come home for my break. And I was working, too. And so I would watch it and I would be like, oh, my goodness, when the pain hits in, like, oh, my word, you know, that's horrific type of a thing. But all with all due respect, anybody who's had children, you know, shout outs to you. And, and so it's even like being able to sleep in, being able to rest. I think just even having a niece is good enough, you know, and um not as involved as I, I need to probably be with my god kids, but I'm just taking care of the financial part, um, and then focusing on my my needs type of thing. But I say all that to say, you know, mission wise, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I should I, I've mentioned this before too, because I think that a lot of times when we think of even black women, there's a sense that we have to sacrifice ourselves and I I really truly believe that's a limiting belief um I've come to the because a lot of times I felt like when I was sharing my journey of recovering you know you know from failed relationship it felt kind of like well maybe I was supposed to go through that so I could share it on my podcast right at at this point the last I saw we had like 12,000 listens right so um as quirky as some of them are, I really do hope that I'm planting little seeds of light and hope and motivation and inspiration along the way. But I had to detach from that and say, listen, I'm going to live my life to make the best decisions, but I don't think I should have to go through painful relationship after painful relationship to share my journey. That's, I don't, you know, I don't believe that that's what I came here for to experience and I kind of joked about it a little bit earlier on this podcast too like to experience gut-wrenching heartbreaking you know just excruciating <laughs> um uh, uh love story or something like that right um I don't think so I think it happened I think that part of the takeaways are just learning to trust my intuition but um, I don't think I should have to go through life just kind of feeling like I have to sacrifice my body or my soul or my well-being for for the collective, which is kind of interesting with me coming off the cusp of watching this. But at the same time, I think even when, when towards the end of the movie, he was kind of like, um, it just resonated with me because... It's kind of like even in that state, he enjoyed being in that state. And it, it's more than just being in our physical body, right? We are spiritual beings. And um, whether we, we, you know, I think, believe it or not, consciously or subconsciously, but some of us are just on that type of level. And, um, and so even when you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, for the longest time, it used to be 
I don't, I think it was altruistic, but there's something that's called um, transcendence is actually a new layer. And I love it because even with the age of Aquarius, this is my little one. I think I woke him up. He's so grumpy right now. I woke him up. So, um, even, even with the age of Aquarius, and then I'll, I'll get off here, is that all this time in the highest hierarchy of needs, I don't remember what the, the highest one was. And then just within the last few years, now there's transcendence. Let me just look it up real quick, and then I'm going to try to end this in um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Ah, it was self-actualization, right? And so all this time growing up, we've always figured that self-actualization had to do with, um, let me see if I can read this off of here, had to do with desire to become the most that one can be. But transcendence um, is this new layer and... Let me just type in definition of transcendence. I know y'all are looking at the thing like, she's about to go over. Mm -mm -mm. And then I, I actually am kind of sleepy, so I'm going to go to bed right after this. Um, so transcendence is the state of excelling or surpassing or going beyond usual limits. State of being... Or existence above and beyond the limits of material experience. So, yeah, I love it because for those of you who will watch the movie, you know, Source Code, um, that is what that feeling was that resonated with me at the end. He's not depressed. It's like he's very mission. You're going to see the state that he's in. And then you start to realize that you are so much more than your hands and your feet and where you're walking or driving or going. And and it's even to the point where it's not even who you're touching in, in real life. It's all, it all really is mind. And so a lot of us have, even I think as divine feminists, divine masculines, we're at this tipping point as we're going into 2023, where we've, a lot of us have, are going to be realizing that we've actually hit self-actualization. I think it's something that's coming down the pipeline. I think once, in my opinion, once Jupiter goes direct, which is around November, um, a lot of y'all are going to feel a lot of these weights and burdens fall off your shoulders. Very much needed because we've been in the Jupiter retrograde for a while. And so we're questioning beliefs about who we are, how we make our money, what is our mission? What are we doing here? Everything has to do with enterprises, business, right? Community. Six six um planets are in retrograde right now, so we have a lot going on, and um but you're gonna start to feel that that burden, and a lot of us I think are a lot further. We a lot of us have been doing that inner work, and I think we're you know we always say this about the new year, but there's something special about next year and the next ten years, the next ten to twelve years, and. Uh, for a lot of us, um, we're going to be crossing that threshold from actualization, self-actualization to transcendence. Right? And I believe that. So even though I've had 
you know, like the 12,000 listens. And some of them are a little bit short and a little bit more fun or, you know, kind of like quirky according to my personality. Um, that's still a small part of the population. And I think that part of that, the listens are from a small collective. We are part of a community, right? So there are a few other people in the world, all around the world, who think at the level that we are or gravitating to this type of information, right? So we're like the few, the proud, the Marines. No, but um, I am a little bit sleepy. I apologize. Um, So I'm going to get off here now. But um, that movie really touched me and it really inspired me to um, continue to transcend and, you know, my mission in everything. I think that when you go on a mission, it can be multifunctional. For him, it was to just figure out who, you know, did the bomb, had placed the bomb, and then he went and made sure that he locked, you know, got the person, made the call so that they would arrest him and then prevented both of the bombs, so on and so forth. And so, but he then went on to transcend to where it's like, in these last moments, let me, um, you know, put a smile on her face. Let me save the girl. Let me save my community. Let them, let me make it a better place for them. And, you know, uh, one of the things I was saying too, is that gives you a peek into just how beautiful a divine masculine's mind can be. Not only the director, but the, the unfolding of the script, right? His mind, the ability to picture that, gives me a glimpse into how beautiful a a man's mind can work. And also, um, the way that Jake Gyllenhaal played it out was just, you know, sometimes art imitates life and sometimes life imitates art. And it's a beautiful thing, right? And it's nice to see in contrast to some of the other things that we are bombarded with, um, in terms of masculinity and sometimes you know all we know or have heard or been conditioned to is that it hurts it's painful it's disloyal it's a bit treacherous betraying you know harms toe tags all this other stuff but even if it's just one person duncan jones right that can visualize you know someone who is a protector provider goes above and beyond, thinks outside of himself, um, cultivates uh, visions in others, was able to master himself and now cultivate that within others and to be of greater service and to really leave a legacy, really. Um, And he even, you know, figures out in the middle of everything how to communicate with his father, you know, that relationships are, are important. Those relationships matter, which coincidentally, you know, when we talk a lot about what's going on, there's a lot of conversations about the childhood and yes, the absent father. But I found it interesting, too, because there's so much more to dig below that. But um, one of the movies that I talked about was War of Gods and something, and it had the, the, the Furies and it had the Oracle in there. And But um, at the end of that movie, and I talk about it in another podcast, the guy had all of these, what you, if, if you don't know what you're looking at, it can seem creepy, but it was a cartoon kind of, it was an animation. And um, 
the guy had it was basically he was he had epi, epigenetics so all of the cells in his body were his previous ancestors and so um you could see how they were playing a role in his makeup in that movie right and him trying to reconcile all of those things and so in this movie it's like he understands that he has to heal the relationship with his father right and and it was even so much more to where it was on an emotional level because his dad was being a dad and he was being a son and they were being men and they were being productive and and part of that rat race but the the transcendent divine masculine understands that we're emotional beings he had emotional intelligence he understood that it wasn't just having his father there or being a son that his father was proud of what about the connection what about the healing right and so it was very symbiotic you know considering it symbiotic you would think would be between a mother and a daughter or mother and a child right through the umbilical cord but very symbiotic relationship that there was going back between both and even breaking generational curses because it's like he had to take that initiative and connect with his father something his father wasn't able to do so i i really could go on but again i'm I'm a little bit sleepy so i'm just gonna go to bed i have a long day ahead of me and um we're gonna be celebrating one of my godson's birthdays so um, I already bought his gift and um, hope he enjoys it. We're going to have a good time tomorrow. And um, he has the same birthday as my dad. So you cannot make this stuff up. So I'm excited. Go check him out. And so I probably will not come on until I'm guessing if it's, you know, late, late night. But I have a feeling I'm going to be exhausted and then. Um, so tomorrow's Sunday. So Monday, I'll probably check back in with you. And maybe next week will be a little bit quieter too, because, um, these last few days have been really busy. So we'll see. And I haven't forgotten. I know we want to talk more about the muse. So, um, I'm going to pull up the book and we'll be pulling definitions of the muse according to Robert Green, who's the author of art of, um, art of seduction. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that because I'm curious and I know you all are too. All right. Bye, my loves. Bye. Hey, hey. So post recording um, another good movie for you to watch for Divine Feminines and Divine Masculines is the Adjustment Bureau. I might have talked about it a little bit, but um, I would say this is going to be definitely top 10 for sure. Um It'd be right up there with Quantico. But this one is really cool because you actually see him going into different quantum parallel universes also. And he does have the divine feminine there too. And and um, there's little things that you'll be able to pick up on esoterically. And, and they actually have a book that is open and the control center can see every time they make a different decision how it affects the different universes or the different dimensions um the outcome of his life and it kind of is a little bit of a play on you know are we predestined to do, to have a certain outcome in life or do we have control of our destiny so that's another good one okay bye